co-host Doug, as always. Today we have a special episode. We have another band interview. Uh, this is our third interview. As you'll remember, a couple weeks ago we had um, Anubis Gate on the show, and today we have two very special guests. We have Jerry and Ian from the UK progressive metal band Shattered Skies. How are you guys doing? Hello, yeah. Uh, Pretty grand, yeah. So uh, it's great to have you guys on. Thanks for coming on. So um, for for all the people well at home, off, why don't we get an introduction of recently, who Shattered Skies past are Friday, from the band? Put out a new song. Go on, Ian. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're a, a yeah, I guess you'd call us a progressive metal band uh, based in the UK. I'm Irish, but uh, everyone else is uh, English. Uh, we've been going for kind of on and off about eight or nine years um and uh yeah we we last put an al- album at the end of 2018 and we put a couple of singles out this year including one that just came out yeah well yeah i was just uh so you guys just put out a new single um on this past friday um a wonderful new song called starbound i love the song i think it's great um what do you guys uh why don't you guys tell us a little bit about this new song uh okay so um it started uh with with the other member of the band who, who's not here at the moment uh chris borland and myself uh trying to do um a, a few themes on serial killers because i find them fascinating mm-hmm. uh and that's sort of what the song is about right it, it's about um being so interested in these sort of ed gein jeffrey dharma types mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time really not approving of what they do and not wanting right. to, to encourage that do you, do you spend uh, a lot of time on like true crime bro- uh, blogs and, uh, <laughs> and the I like have, <laughs> i have i definitely have oh okay all right uh, so that's sort of what inspires it because you know you don't want to glorify these people this is the problem right, that right. these are these are real people who see other people being interested in, in these kind of violent acts and right and that gets into their brain and i don't want to encourage that yeah. i want to acknowledge that that's messed up but yeah at the same time i can't look away right right and, right um so we had it we had a few riffs and a little bit of a core there and and so when we brought sort of widened that out and got in into the rest of the writing process he was uh he sort of added that that kind of dreamlike element to a lot of it through, yeah. through a lot of the synth work um, yeah and this this is maybe a bit of a, a weirder one for us because normally uh ian is the guitarist and chris is the bassist mm-hmm. uh but they're both a couple of talented boys mm-hmm. so uh they they swapped instruments for this one and uh and ian's rocking the bass very nice um that's a it's pretty impressive you you know uh bassists are often treated as kind of a joke in the metal scene but uh, you've got a really <laughs> yeah. talented one how'd you manage that uh it's kind of a, a weird thing where uh i've been the guitarist in this band since day one um chris joined on bass uh, a few years ago but he is originally a guitarist but mm. conversely with me i'm actually originally a bassist oh so we okay. were kind of almost playing opposing instruments in that way um but it, it kind of came up as we were working together uh, I, i'm pretty sure i pitched the idea chris actually i was like if you know if you want to write more why don't you play guitar on the tracks that you write and I'll play guitar on the ones that I write because then it means he doesn't have to try and write to my style and vice versa and both of us play both instruments you know in bands and we play them plenty so mm. you know I, I've always wanted to avoid the situation where it just sounds like a guitarist playing bass but at the mm. same time uh, the good thing about having two guys who both play guitar is some of the bass parts in our stuff are quite odd like they they incorporate tapping and kind of weird uh, sort of more melodic a lead bassy or more guitar-y approach to, to the bass as well right so uh yeah it just kind of came up over time uh mm. this this was a track that jerry and chris had been working on and it just made sense for him to play guitar on it and then that left me some room to kind of have fun on on the bass and my my biggest contribution to this song obviously the bass is a big contribution it was probably all the, the the synths and the kind of orchestration the sound design that that's that's kind of my my biggest contribution in this one normally i'm more involved in the riff writing and stuff, but this was very much Chris and Jerry went from that perspective. So I was more coming at it from keyboards and that kind of thing. Right, right. That's cool. Um, I noticed that the song 
uh, obviously it starts out with that very dreamy atmosphere with the synths and everything. Now, now, Ian, is that that's you? Who does the synths parts for yeah. for all this? Okay, yeah. That's me, um, yeah. Yeah, I quite like that, but it has a has a sort of it, it's a bit different from some of the other stuff where it's it feels like it has this very like classic math rock kind of chord progression to the music. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it it definitely has a bit of a different flavor, but I really really quite like it. Um, with the with the true crime, I couldn't help but think of a, a Porcupine Trees album in Absentia when you mentioned yeah. the whole serial killer. Yeah, what an album! Yeah, <laughs> you guys, That's big fan. Fantastic! I'll I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought of that because I was also thinking of that <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah, I, I never thought of that. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so you actually, you had the other, uh, this single, but there was another one that came out recently, uh, Born of Solder. Um, let's talk a bit about that one. It seems like it's a bit more about like uh, cyberpunk transhumanist kind of themes. Yeah, that's that's one that I wrote um, and I'm playing guitar on that one and Chris is playing bass. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that was very much like quintessential, not particularly original as a lyrical topic. Um, uh, <laughs> at all really just from listening to too much fear factory and mashuga and just wanting to do that sort of um uh you know man who finds himself who sort of finds the human body uh fallible and gradually becoming obsolete and sort of becoming obsessed with transforming into some sort of you know human robot hybrid and then almost getting involved in a sort of cult-like status trying to convert everyone else to it that was just sort of a lyrical topic it really just came from how the song came together instrumentally because obviously I, I wrote the guitar bass and drums first and then the keyboards kind of came later and they had this super futuristic-y slightly synth wavy cyberpunky kind of atmosphere to them and I just knew I wanted the lyrics to kind of capture mm. that atmosphere a bit so yeah I just that was one of those ones where I was just having fun with it and kind of writing slightly ridiculous lyrics but they, they're, they're fun yeah you're right. missing out my favorite part of you writing that song though was the the midi solo right oh yeah yeah so, so the the guitar solo in that song doesn't sound like a lot of guitar solos that i i you know you normally hear right and uh and it's because ian didn't write it on guitar oh and, yeah i wrote it um it was suggested by chris i think originally um i'd, I'd written i wanted to do like a guitar and bass kind of unison there where they both kind of solo in harmony Oh, I think okay. Percy suggested it would be kind of like make it kind of glitchy and weird again to kind of capture the atmosphere of that sort of robotic transformational kind of sound. So I, right. I wrote a solo entirely programmed it out on a MIDI synth and I literally would just put random notes in and, and, and pull random notes out just to see where the glitches and the stops would be. And I just kept experimenting mm. with that for ages until it sounded cool. And then it was just one of those horrifying moments of like, okay, how the hell are we going to play this? So <laughs> myself and Chris just had to spend forever figuring out how to play something that was not written for a fretboard. But it right. turned out great. The end product is really like one of the most complicated and bizarre things we've ever made. But I think we haven't got to play it live yet for obvious reasons. But when we do, that'll be a real like... I think showstopper moment when we if if we pull it off. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess you got more time to practice since you're unfortunately yeah. unable to do Prague Power this year. Yeah, um, yeah, that is very true. You guys were going to yeah. be at Prague Power USA this year, actually. We were Prague Power 2020, uh, but uh, our US debut. We're really looking forward to 2021 for that one. You know, yeah. they they brought over as far as I know the whole lineup. Yeah, so, almost. Yeah. 2021 is going to be just as huge i feel like there's there's going to be just an overwhelming need to get yeah. and to just go for it at these sorts of things right if you've yeah. had a year of not being able to go to get you you know you missed out on a festival year mm. and then you've been hyped for this for i mean probably like two years at this point yeah. for us sort of probably going on that sort of time Right. By the time we get around to it. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to be playing live shows again. Do you guys um, yeah. I'm be able to contain myself? Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do like streams or anything these days, or you considered doing stuff like that? Not yet. But there's talk of potentially doing one uh, early next year with a couple of other bands that we were supposed to do 
uh, a bit of a tour or some shows with uh, in like April originally to kind of promote uh, Born of Solder. So um, mm. I think we might try and do one around then. But uh, yeah, maybe we will. I, I, we're, we're so sort of knee deep in uh, finishing the album at the moment that that's kind of all we're concentrating on. But once that's sort of behind us, yeah, maybe we might mess around with trying to come up with some some stream content that could be interesting because it seems to be the, the way yeah. to go at the moment. Yeah, yeah we, we made the decision when it, all of this <laughs> kicked off, you know, uh, back in back in March, I guess, that this was the time to just heads down and, and make an album, but also put ourselves in a position where we could make albums in this kind of environment. Right. So all of us have each done, done a lot of work on, on the sort of home studio setup so that we can yeah. get our, our recording down um, and just be a lot less pressured on that right studio time is mm. so tight and stressful and you know it's the financial burden on that whereas mm-hmm. front loading that sort of stuff and, and making these spaces where we're comfortable we can experiment with this um, mm. has led to what I hope are going to be some uh, some very exciting things on the next album yeah yeah you could say you guys are uh, uh, shut in, like that song. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's like I, it's like oh, I no. was a visionary. I had a premonition. <laughs> I was I was going to ask about that. Is you guys, uh, you know, have a any kind of prophecy or something? It's, it's, it is a bit eerie. Yeah. Yeah. Ian's actually got... uh, the reincarnation of Nostradamus. I knew it. Yeah. I'm the oracle. Yeah. <laughs> It, look, yeah, that was I... that was either that or like robots is my guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no, Born of Solder. That's you know that's yeah. prophetic as well. That's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. That's right. next. That's yeah. next. That's it. That's that's predicting the release of that video game Cyberpunk 2077, right? <gasps> uh, yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> At least we got that song. Um, you know, <laughs> speaking of like the mechanical stuff i i always feel like the the genty thing kind of lends itself well to that you know the the really mechanical yeah. rhythm sounds um yeah. you guys have a bit of a like uh like a cl- classic progressive metal sound as well i notice like yeah. i i think it comes through a lot with your uh, vocals jerry um where do, where do you come from with like your vocal style and how does that sort of come together so i mean it a lot of this started just um, as part of trying to, to fill some shoes and realize what was going on with Shattered Skies because uh, uh, maybe this is a shocker. I am not the original vocalist for Shattered oh. Skies. Yeah. The band yeah. that started in Ireland. I'm not an Irish man. Oh, <laughs> does, that, does that cause tension with you guys, you know, having an Irish, <laughs> oh, yeah, a UK uh, guy in an Irish band? The, uh, the Anglophile <laughs> invasion, right? Yeah. <laughs> well look we spoke to a danish band last week so we're talking to all kinds of people who don't like yeah. england but uh, <laughs> i mean to go back to your question i mean it's it was so clear as soon as i heard any shattered sky stuff there's there's that kind of element of, of old school prog and um and almost and this is going to sound embarrassing to say but almost like musical theater right that kind mm. of uh, mm. grandiose sort of stage presence projection stuff going on there kind of power metal like yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah. so so it was important to me to bring that in and i i mean it's just a lot of fun right mm-hmm. gotta go with with what you enjoy yeah and i think we we both enjoy you know bands cut from that kind of cloth um mm. i like a lot of uh old school dream theater mm-hmm. ian knows everything about dream theater you can possibly know Oh man, you know, that's, it's good that you bring this up because the first, because when Doug was showing me some of you guys' music, you know, in preparation for this interview, I was like, man, these guys, they sound like, they sound like Periphery and all those other bands, but they also sound like Haken and Dream Theater and all those other bands. It's like, it's like really a big melding of all of the proggy stuff I like because, because usually in my mind, I kind of split those two categories up a little bit but to hear them together in a in you guys's group is really refreshing in a way for me that's cool yeah i think it comes from we have a, an equal enjoyment of the cheesier sort of more old school side of prog like old dream theater and, and stuff like rush and yes and all those kind of bands like mm-hmm. we eat all that oh, stuff yeah. up but we're also 
huge fans of, of heavier, more jagged, groovier metal like Meshuggah, Pantera, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Fear Factory, all that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I never want one element to override the other. I think the key thing with Shattered Skies is we always want that heavy, riffy, sort of bottom end, double kick, you know, big, heavy, down tune kind of style, but mixed with those, yeah, those, those cheesier elements of synths and, and vocals and crazy proggy moments and, and all that. We, we kind of don't let either element uh, get buried underneath the other. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, like the synths, I, uh, I particularly like a lot of the synth work on, uh, on the album uh, Muted Neon. Uh, you Will Know My Name has that very kind of 80s, 80s prog kind of synth. Uh, were you yeah. listening to a lot of like synth wave kind of stuff when you made that or? Or like there's yeah, there's definitely elements of, of, of the synthwave sound. There's a bit of Hans Zimmer in there as well, just that sort of the way he builds tension over sort of layers of things. I was definitely going for a bit of that. Yeah, but yeah, definitely some of the, the lead synths and stuff. That that really comes from like uh 80s era rush and some mm. yes and some some dream theater stuff as well. I, I think the lead synth in that very much comes from like subdivisions by rush. That was very much me trying to do that kind of sound. Uh, yeah, I can see that. A real mixture. Yeah, um, I uh, I like the the video. You guys become increasingly more neon in the video. <laughs> it's appropriate. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, so, I I, I did want to ask. So let's go back through the discography again here. Um, you guys released your first EP back in 2011. So that was kind of yep. kind of when the, the whole gent sound started kind of becoming big in, in the, uh, the prog metal scene, um, just in the metal scene in general, what, where did you guys kind of start with, with that sound? Like, how did you first sort of uh, hear about it or kind of start playing that kind of style? I guess this is more for you, uh, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I heard. I think I was getting into it pretty much around the same time a lot of those early bands did. Um, my my first introduction to it, like so many, was Meshuggah. I just I heard them years and years and years ago. But then I started to kind of get wind on forums of some of the older bands from that era, like Textures and Nemec mm -hmm. and Cybreed. And then there was oh, okay. MySpace was starting to take off a bit, and there was like Bold early Periphery. Right. Tesseract project, but and, and even before that fell silent and kind of that really early, like super, super early kind of bedroom producers like Tim Spanner when he was first starting out. So it was right. I got I was I was hooked on that stuff like right when it was just a couple of MySpace pages that were starting to get some traction. And then um yeah, I was I was writing stuff with some influence from that, some influence from Dream Dinner, all the other stuff that I like. And then yeah, mm. we, we kind of got lucky that we released our EP. And first started to release songs around the time that that whole scene really started to explode online, like the, the kind of early forums. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of hit pretty much at the right time. And we started, we played uh, Euroblast in Germany. It was like our first time outside of Ireland in 2011. And that was like one of the first big festivals for the style. Like uh, it was mm -hmm. like Tesseract's first big festivals. And Again, Chim Spanner, Uneven Structure, Nemec, loads of those kind of bands played together. And yeah, we just kind of rode that initial wave before it started to get super saturated and then just felt like every right. band was starting to do some sort of gent. It was that sort of, right. you know, and, and that's what happens with scenes when they get popular, they get they get super oversaturated and, and right. certain bands survive, certain bands don't survive. But uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I got, got into it pretty organically. I was on like pre, I guess, Facebook groups or whatever, back when, right. or anything back when it was like forums you don't right. like oh we we talk forums. all about forums around here uh yeah, yeah. dream that's, theater that's forums. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, yeah i was on that i was on five eight which was the sort of offshoot oh, yeah. of, of the dream theater forums that oh yeah 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 it's interesting to hear you bring up some of these bands especially um cybreed and, and nemic because uh, this is something doug and i have talked about a lot is kind of hat is sort of the proliferation of that style of that sort of Meshuggah influenced um, progressive metal um, and kind of kind of what you're saying now kind of tracks with the way I kind of perceive it as having happened, um, you know, because because it's interesting to me that it took it seems like it took quite a bit of time relatively for that stuff to finally blow up like it did, because you had Meshuggah and were doing that stuff in the mid to late 90s and and you had a, f a handful of band like a handful of bands in the 2000s. And then after 
in the last decade it just completely exploded so it's it's uh it's in it's in for it's in, it's good to hear you uh confirm that uh you know as a musician because this is something i have been trying to work 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 through as like a thesis for the last okay. uh, few yeah. years i so. was I would say that's the chronology for sure. Yeah, it was like, because I think like Nemec and uh, Textures, I want to say their first albums were like 2003 or something. And I think Cybreed yeah. as well. So that was the first time that I heard other bands do the Meshuggah polymetric, yeah. you know, genty kind of rhythm. And they were very underground, super popular in, in that underground scene, but very underground. And yeah, it was definitely around the time that Periphery, I think was, that was the key that really sort of blew it up to a bit more yeah. of a, not mainstream but just it went beyond being a little it made it less nerdy all of a sudden it wasn't just all the forum nerds at the gigs there was like people you know seeing kids <laughs> yeah. i guess yeah. showing up at the, the cool the kids yeah quote unquote <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. jerry uh, i i have a question for jerry um yeah go for it with with you were, were you did you kind of start out with uh like genty music like where's what's your musical background so, like i mean Weirdly enough, where, where I was before Shattered Skies, the stuff I was into was much more on the post-rock side of things. Okay. You know, a little bit on the, the, the prog there, but I was, uh, I was a huge fan of ocean size and explosions in the sky and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, just appreciating the kind of the slower stuff. But mm -hmm. I had, I, I don't think I've ever sat in a genre for very long. Mm. you know there's, there's just too much good stuff out there so it was nice to to do something that embraced my kind of metal roots mm. uh and and give me something that, that sort of power medley singing mm -hmm. belting getting that out there but then mm -hmm. not completely abandoning the the time signature weirdness that i'd come to know and love from from sort of post-rock math rock all that kind of stuff right um I mean, one of one of the weirdest things I find is that a lot of the the metal side of it goes back to to the industrial side of things more than anything else. Yeah. You know, the first time I heard a, an old Shattered Skies track, I was like, "Oh, these guys love Static X." <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. And, he was right. And they, and they do, they do. Like, I I know they do. Yeah. But yeah. Um, now we all do. Uh, uh, Static X with nicer vocals. How <laughs> they? <That's... laughs> no, no, no. I got nothing but respect for for Wayne. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although there's a bit of a revival with that going. Not of Wayne. That was a poor choice of words. But uh, oh yeah, the the Static band X. is back. Yeah. Static X is back, and you know they, they got still, the sync. Still very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, they got the singer from that band Dope, which uh, uh, there's a couple songs of theirs that I like, but uh... Uh, I'm not going to try and pretend to be more clued in than I than I am. I'd never heard of them, and then suddenly yeah. like, oh yeah, the singers. <laughs> yeah, they're um, hmm, uh, they uh, they fit into some of the some of the the. Let's just say the less savory stereotypes of early two thousands <laughs> new metal, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they got some fun kind of industrial elements every once in a while. Um, I mean, yeah. honestly, he's doing a fantastic job. There are a few uh, few other people that could have fit into something and, and made it their own and it yeah. not been a weird situation. As someone who's had to come into a to a band and and you know yeah. fill, fill those shoes, I'm in awe of people that do it well yeah oh, i think content. you've done a great job oh thank you very much it's it's been uh we've had a little time now to sort of settle into it muted neon was the first outing that really felt like i had a lot of me on the record jerry kind of jerry joined at a weird time um kind of ironically um it, around the time that jerry had joined we had become like the, the whole genty kind of scene had become really oversaturated and right we we were in some weird funk where we'd had some bad experiences and we were almost kind of done with that sound or that element of our sound right so we ended up making this kind of experimental ep that was a bit more of like a kind of a traditional hard rock, rock. 
yeah, there was a lot of hard, kind of straight up hard rock, um, jam bandy kind of sound to it. And that was the first one Jerry sang on, but he didn't write any of the vocals on it. I, at that point, I was writing all the vocals for Shattered Skies back then, and uh, I'd written the vocals for it. So he joined, and I, it probably gave the impression to a lot of people externally that Jerry joining changed the, the direction of the band, but that stuff was already written before he joined. So mm. Jerry was actually pretty instrumental in uh, kind of encouraging us to actually bring back the prog, bring back the metal, bring back the, the heaviness, the polymetric stuff, the groove, all that kind of thing mm. for what would become Muted Neon. So kind of, he kind of came in during this weird section where we kind of fell out of love with our own sound and then fell back in love with it by the time we got to Muted Neon, which is kind of an, an odd experience for a new singer, I think. Yeah. It also puts us in this weird situation where we can go to people and say, hey, check out our music. Uh, you don't have to listen to that EP. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I uh, I have to admit I haven't listened to it myself. It's all right. Oh, there's one good song on it. It's way better. There's one good song in it. No one's safe. That's that's the one good song on that EP. The rest is me. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll check it it's out. Not bad. It's just not us, right? Yeah, yeah it should have. We we I think myself and and Ross, our drummer at the time, we should have basically just made that almost as a side project. The the other songs on it, it just doesn't sound like Chattered Skies. It's not like mm. terrible, but yeah mm. it's muted neon and, and the other ones are definitely better to better representation well okay i'll make a note of that tell everyone to listen to auxilium volume one <laughs> <laughs> shattered skies finest ep why is it volu- why is it volume what i guess there's never i guess oh my god there was a <laughs> whole scheme guys <laughs> there's gonna be volume one part one volume one part two Volume you were going to put all four of the covers together and it was going to unlock some kind of puzzle. It's one of those fever dreams that just (laughs) sounded like such a good idea at a time. Would never work. No one would ever want to buy it. We wouldn't want to make it. We got swept in by, you know, swept up in the the kind of grand (laughs) scheme of things. I'd just come into the band and Ian's telling me, look, we've got a plan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you should never listen to me if i say that yeah we're gonna take the prog rock steen by storm yeah it, it didn't work out it didn't work out and then we went back to to the sort of proggy side of things and we loved it so it's kind of perfect though because it's like volume one and then we realized we didn't even really like volume one so there was never, never going to be a volume two. <laughs> <laughs> oh well um, One day we're going to put out a volume two, but I don't know what the story behind that's going to be. You you guys should do like the opposite of Dream Theater, where they had um, Metropolis Part One and then Metropolis Part Two is the album. You should have just a song like on your next record with that's called Volume Two, <laughs> and it's a ten minute do... ambient track. That's, yeah, yeah, that's drum. a really good idea. I like it. I'm right, I'm stealing that, but you're not getting credit. I'm telling you. <laughs> we're. <laughs> we're... <laughs> We're ghostwriting be... the future of Shattered Skies here on the Frown Room Podcast. <laughs> I dig it. Nice. So uh, now that we've uh, successfully ruined the future of the band, did you guys have any plans before we decided to ghostwrite the next Oxilium volume? <laughs> like with this, with a new album or something, you know? So, oh, well, I, I mean, I don't know how much we can uh, we can say here, okay. uh, except the sort of obvious stuff that right the next album is on the way mm. uh but it's too early for us to tell you what the release date is mm. it's too early for us to tell you the full plan of it mm. but we could maybe just give you the theme oh sure theme there's a theme do we want to do that is that I have to, let me let me check with him Ian, is this okay yeah i mean i think it's safe to say we're aiming for it to come out in 2021 i don't think that's giving too much away um yeah. and okay. Star Starband and Born of Soldier will be on it, although mm. they'll be there'll be new mixes, to, totally new mixes, which is cool. Mm. But, um, yeah, go go ahead, Jerry. Uh, okay, so I'm not even going to give you the title, but the theme of the next album is uh, is monsters and scary things, and okay. I, I'm not even going to go any any further than that. But hopefully, <clears throat> you can see a tie-in with. Warner Solder and Star down there. Just just a little bit. They're yeah, remaking like horror show by Ice Earth. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh lord. Oh, there's a deep cut. 
<laughs> Real ones, no. <laughs> uh, gonna get John Schaefer to play guitars. <laughs> no, okay. Can we do that? We're making the next Halloween album. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Well, Jerry, I hope I hope you uh, I hope you can sing some Halloween stuff. Hey, I'll try. Are you gonna, <laughs> when are we gonna to hear, hear a gent cover of Doctor Steen? You know, kind of a segue there, but talking about covers, I don't think there's going to be any covers on the next album, but it's definitely something we want to do more of. Is there any songs uh, you, you guys would really be passionate about covering? Well, I... Well, we did an Alanis Morissette cover. Yeah, that's... Mm. Uh, we, we really like doing covers of songs that aren't originally genty at all mm. and sort of giving them that makeover. So, um, mm. is it... The, the last couple we put out and sort of published that all really was uh, was an Alanis Morissette cover that I just had so much fun doing. Mm. And yeah. uh, and I think Ian did a really good job of, of bringing it into the genre. Um, mm. You Ought to Know was the track, by the way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so... So it'd be it'd be cool to hear hear more more songs with that that uh, style you guys do. Um, I like yeah. I like that there's a. I don't know. You go ahead, Ian. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. I, I, I don't think I was going to say anything particularly um, poignant. I, I think I was going to say yeah. We we generally when we're doing covers, I would rather do something you wouldn't see coming rather than something expected of us like if we were to cover dream theater or mm. i don't know like haken or, or, or periphery or, or something like that i just i, I don't i don't want to do covers where from a genre perspective we already have mm. not a huge amount of overlap but at least some overlap i find it much more interesting to try and somehow pull off something that you just be like what the hell they covered that which was the reaction to our alanis cover was very much like people were just like what we were like yeah, yeah. i know <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we we actually just had a band who released a, a covers album pretty recently. Right. So uh, they they're actually a, a prog power band as well. Uh, do you guys know Anubiscate? I know the name. I for some reason I feel like we may have actually done a festival with them at some point, but uh, I don't think I've actually heard them. Yeah, no that yeah. that was kind of the whole philosophy of their their recent album was making these covers from crazy different places. So it's a good idea. Yeah. Um. So. Now that we've we've talked a bit about covers, what of of the songs that that of your original songs, which ones would you say you're most proud of? Like, what what's your favorites? Oof. Oh wow, no, I've never been asked that. That's a tough um, one. I uh, hmm. Ooh, ooh. I, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I want to say Starbound, of mm. course. Uh, not just for the song, but the video as well. That was a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I kind of got written out of nowhere. And I mean, I got to do a weird, almost rappy breakdown freak out at the end of that. So that's that's got to put it up there, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, what is what is this? what's with this hip hop stuff going on? This is a little this is a little different. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else do you? represent a guy losing his mind obviously True. it's a white dude rapping <laughs> <laughs> no better way it's pretty cool stuff i i haven't um it, it it almost reminded me there was a there was a song on tesseract's album um what was that one polaris there was there was one song where yeah yeah it was that album where one of the one of the songs on that record uh daniel tompkins like starts rapping on it like or he has oh, this right. sort of like rap breakdown I, I i can't remember the song off the top of my head it was it was pretty pretty cool not as cool as as what jerry did on starbound though because i okay. obviously okay. i can't remember it. it as well it. Damn, <laughs> it's, it's, it's high praise yeah um I, in terms of prayer i'm definitely i mean i know it's one of our other recent ones but i was super proud of born of soldier just because i felt like that mm. encapsulated a lot of our best elements um i guess from our previous stuff arisen would be probably the one from muted neon that i'm most proud of i think that's probably my favorite on that one um mm. might go record by record uh the world we used to know mm. probably most I, proud i think of. uh as the sea divides is your best uh lyrical work if that counts for anything 
Yeah, that was definitely one of the better ones. The end of the rebirth and 15 minutes from that album are both definitely two of two I'm proud of. And then from the first EP, probably like Beneath the Waves uh, and Attrition. I think they're they're both, I mean, they're sort of really old ones now, but yeah, I'm definitely pretty proud of them. Mm. I mean, the the honest answer is, uh, and and I know this is what everyone's going to say, but the songs I'm most proud of, they're going on the next album. And uh, yeah, guys are just going to have to wait. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'll be able to wait, but. <laughs> oh man! I don't know. Maybe we maybe we can do a sneak preview. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely our most ambitious record, I think, because we've made it so much more collaborative. Like the way this album's actually turned out, Chris plays guitar on half of it, and I play guitar on half of it, and then we play bass on on obviously those respective ones. And um, Jerry wrote most of the vocals on this one, whereas I was usually the primary writer of vocals in the past. And it's it's been super collaborative, which I think has lent itself to us being able to be a lot more ambitious with mm. just the scope and the the sound like I invested a lot in my sort of uh, recording setup like the synths and the orchestra orchestral software that I have now and, and like well, the, the, the guitar soft like the, the guitar sort of processor software that we use and the gear we use is so much more on a different level now so between that and the writing and just the kind of ambition we have to just try and outdo everything we've done in the past I it, I know it's kind of cliche for bands to say, but I actually, I do genuinely think this record that we're kind of in the process of finishing up to get sent off for mixing now is is definitely pushing us further than we've ever been pushed in kind of every way, like genuinely. So I'm, I'm hoping people will dig it. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm excited. It's uh, judging by the the new singles you guys put out, uh, I think it's it's going to be a great album. Um, Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so now that we're now that we're sort of uh we're we've talked about you a bit um or talked about that a bit uh i I was curious like is there any any like is there any artists that you would ever like want to have like as guest guest musicians on any albums like have you ever thought of like i'd really want this guy or this person to to play on on my music my god so many yeah so many Let's do top five. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. So, I mean, from my point of view, the, the main thing I would want and legitimately is I want a, a female singer guest star mm. on, a, on a track. I, mm. I definitely want that at some point. Very hard to pick a person. Mm. The people you really want, there's no way we could ever get. <laughs> yeah. That's the tragedy, isn't it? Um. But other than that, I mean, if I was going to think of someone else outside of that, it's a really difficult thing to kind of to kind of pick out. If we were going to do female vocalist, my number one would probably be Flori Anson. I um, knew you would say that. Yeah, <laughs> I think she'd be my number one. I know yeah, that's she, not shocking. But... Right. Would you ever consider a, a guest other instrument on a on a Shattered Skies record? Who could fit into? I definitely consider it. I, I don't always. I, I'm not hugely desired to get a guest guitar solo just because a lot of the time that then leaves you with the like, okay, well, if if whoever plays it plays in such a completely different way from me or Chris, how the hell would we ever pull it off live? Mm. It's not necessarily a complete no, but that, that's always meant I've never really thought about it. Mm. Um, plus, like, Periphery in one album basically got, like, two of the people I'd most want to do a guest solo. They had Guthrie Govan and John Petrucci do solos on the one album and it's like well that's been done yeah. i don't really know who else i want um maybe like bumblefoot i would probably like yes oh i would no here's what i want i want bumblefoot on guitar no wait now i'm not even doing the same band let's get bumblefoot band on guitar band. and thundercat on the bass we'll just leave <laughs> yeah. and i right. on vocals Mike Patton on vocals. Oh, yes. He could he could do the rap breakdown part in the next song. Yeah. Oh man, he really could. Yeah. Really um, could. Oh, I mean, that's a huge influence. He's probably he's probably the reason for that breakdown in the first place. So. Mm. That's, <laughs> seems yeah. Hey, you guys listen to that that I guess Mr. Bungle's new record was just a bunch of old stuff that they re-recorded, but 
Did you did you listen to the new but Mr. Bungle? Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I haven't. It was, it was nice just to like know there was some activity in that mm-hmm. region. You know. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably check out everything that man touches until the day he dies. Yeah. That, that Faith No More album he did, or that that they did a couple of years ago, their comeback album was surprisingly good. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I remember what it was called, which is annoying, but uh, yeah, that album was great. Yeah. I have one one last singer we could get in instead, but then I would have to leave the band in shame. Oh. I, I can't remember his last name though. It's Dmash. Oh, Dmash. Dmash. <laughs> last name. He's, he's um, just this. He's this unreal singer. He sings in like six different languages and has arranged far better than anyone is allowed to. He's, he's he doesn't Kaz- sing rock and he doesn't sing is he metal. From Kazakhstan, I think he's from Kazakhstan. I think he's from Kazakhstan. Oh, okay. Oh, and he's just he on, he's just the he greatest just singer some... that's ever lived, and it's kind of disturbing. You should look him up on YouTube. He was on these. He was just on some talent show. I think it was in China, actually, and he went viral because the vocals he can do just don't make any sense. Like he mm. sounds like an alien. Like he can just <laughs> jump between mm. seven different octaves. He can sing at about six different, completely different vocal styles. It That's make crazy. I mean, yeah, I fully accept that his sort of stuff is not not necessarily my sort of stuff. I'd much rather listen to like a Chris Cornell style vocal yeah. or something like that. But but it's just too impressive. And I I think <laughs> mm. why why wouldn't I want to see the the most talented singer in the world attempt to do prog metal? That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that I mean that would that would be pretty pretty cool. Um what was it? How do you spell that? D I M S H. And now because I feel really bad for not remembering it, I am going to look up his last name. All right. Uh, I'm well, sure it's quite a few letters. <laughs> I'm going to absolutely butcher this pronunciation and I apologize, but it is Dimash Kudaibergen. Okay. All right. Um, so, I'm sure the Kazakhstani people will forgive you someday. Exactly. I know you have a lot of Kazakhstani <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you know, <laughs> them, we have a lot. Really we have a, <laughs> we have a lot of pull over there, so you better watch yourself, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> So no, but I mean, on a on a serious note, it's kind of crazy that um, I just he he's so good. I can't believe he's not bigger than he is in the English speaking world. Right. But there really is that kind of divide, right? And right. Um, and actually, we've um, oh, we've kind of been diving into that world a little bit more mm. um, yeah, recently, just looking for this this new record we wanted to to maybe go with someone to to master it mix it to to kind of get out of our bubble a little bit mm, um mm. i don't i don't think we can we can probably announce right now but the i, I think the the message to your listeners is there are a lot of bands out there that aren't speaking english that are mm. making the most incredible prog and metal and we're missing out. Oh, and absolutely. If you, a, if you get a chance to, to get outside of that kind of Western English speaking bubble, um, especially if you're if you're lucky like we are, you know, a trip mm. to Europe, uh, not in the, the current. Well, I guess, you know, England isn't part of Europe anymore, are they? Well, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to be, I guess. Yuck. I, no, there's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ian weird. gets to laugh. He's got an Irish passport. What do I get to do? Yeah. <laughs> I've, still got a, I've still got an EU passport, so I'm fine. Hey, Jerry, I was going to ask, is it is it hard speaking uh, normal English for the singing in the Shattered Skies, uh, you know, instead of British English? Well, I mean, that that is <laughs> I'm, actually I'm a really, really weird question, right? Because <laughs> we, we do, we do, we change how we say words to, to sing them, right? And right. and because America's this cultural giant, I know Matt's influenced it a lot as well. You know, I I grew up listening to bands that weren't all entirely just down down the road English locals. I've got a twang to my voice anyway. I was so when I was. Uh, a really young child. I lived in mm. the States. I lived in Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, and that was sort of when I was 
developing my speech anyway so my accent has never really fit in too much over here either so I, I don't have to worry too much about it changing I end up sort of parroting people anyway mm-hmm. I, I've noticed it I mean generally when 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 people are singing like it, there's sort of a tendency towards sort of a neutral accent and yeah mm. And and there's there, there's a scientific phenomenon behind it too, like where where when doing singing, there's sort of a neutral accent that people tend towards. There is. I mean, a lot of it is just to do with the fact that certain vowel sounds are a lot easier to make in, mm. in, when you're at the top or bottom of your range, and then right, right. it's easier to to take it easy. Uh, those kind of more relaxed sounds mm. than. Uh, if I was trying to do something in a in a hard proper British accent, then I imagine it would take a lot more work to uh, to get that to come across on the track. Well, I mean, you could always do like really thick Cockney slang, like just write all the lyrics. <laughs> you know, the worst part is I'm pretty sure Ian does a better Cockney voice than I can. It's very frustrating. Let's it let's just. Let's hear Ian. Ian, yeah, can I'll you in, in a really cockney voice, you gotta say, This is this is Ian Rocket. You're listening to the Frown Room podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? This is Ian Rocket. You're listening to the Frown Room podcast. We're using oh. that. There's our sound bite. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> They're all gonna think I'm Jason Statham, but only I was. I hope it doesn't get too stressful for you guys in in January. It sounds like it's gonna be yeah, a it's gonna a be horrible. Time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. It's bad. It's bad. Um, how's the let's let's hear how the COVID situation and all that stuff is over in the UK? Because I don't want to think about the US right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I God. mean, it, it's the same sort of stuff we've got in, in a lot of Europe. Uh, mm. I don't think our government handled it particularly well. And no. maybe they were going to lock down anyway. They should have done it sooner and harder. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, I feel like we, we import a lot of the, uh, the sort of uh, American Trumpism culture over here uh, mm. to, to some, you know, well, yeah, with that Boris Johnson guy, right? Yeah, he is mini Trump. Yeah, yeah. Although this this is going to sound really petty, but that's my my least favorite uh, Trump quote is that they called him Britain Trump, and mm. it's not that they called him Britain Trump that bugs me. It's that they didn't call him British Trump. I mean, you know, it's well, look, what, you, you're expecting too much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Is that? Is that petty? That's Look, the, you're the, coming, all, you're... All, of all the things to pick, that's the one that really bugs me. <laughs> yeah, look, look, we're talking about gets under know, my skin. We're you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't expect too much from from a man who who you know whose IQ is is uh, I, I don't know. Probably I'm gonna make I'm gonna make no comment. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not we're we're not gonna talk about we're not gonna talk about Trump. But um, uh, suffice to say, uh, British politics, unfortunately, is just as exciting. Mm, mm. <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that happen, not necessarily the right things or in the right order, but yeah. things happen <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, things certainly happen. Um, well, it's it's funny, you know, like a lot of a lot of people from around the world usually say like, you know, the world, whole world kind of has to focus on American politics because we're just sort of, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to ignore because of how much America seems to affect the rest of the world. But I it's funny how much in America we love to focus on British politics or mostly the royal family, though, you know, like America has such an obsession with that stuff. Um, it's, oh, it's. I mean, speaking as an Irish person living in England, I've always yeah. found that so goddamn weird. As soon as I moved here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just well, it's just so weird. Like weirder than any of the Boris stuff. I've just been like mm-hmm. m- most people our age, younger, probably don't really give two shits about the royal family. But there's mm-hmm. definitely there's definitely still a pretty big contingent in 
Britain that, that actually bases their opinions on things based on whether the royals do it or think it or endorse it or... I mean, ours, ours oh, goes back such a long way and everyone... I mean, Ian, you were lucky you missed out on, on the, uh, the, the weird cultural phenomenon that this was, but even going back to when I was a kid, when Princess Di oh, died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Died. There's, there's a reason that is still getting milked in the papers today. And it's yeah. because it just it, it became this huge phenomenon. Well, even, yeah, even here in the States. So yeah. <laughs> it, it's not like we're impervious to that. Mm -hmm. These things happen. I, I don't think we're, uh, we tune into that too much. As a as a band, as musicians, I think. Well, what if what about you know bringing along? What yeah. do the royal family think of Gent, though? That's what we have to know. What does <laughs> the royals think of your music, though? This is the important stuff. I mean, Prince, as Prince a British Philip person, more... I obviously speak to them all the time and know them on a first person uh, first name basis. Right. Uh, they actually really loved auxilium and don't like the rest of it so i don't like them anymore <laughs> all right we need to get rid of the royal family mm -hmm. <laughs> i think that's i think that's why megan markle kind of got such a bad name and ended up leaving the uk was because she always said that like old school mashuga was better before they got the eight strings and people really <laughs> like picked off about it yeah mm. i'm afraid that's unforgivable Oh, you heard it here first on the frown room, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got that inside scoop. Yeah, yeah. Frown room um, exclusive. For, uh, I'm sure all of our Kazakhstani listeners will be very excited to hear that. <laughs> oh, you need more Kazakhstani. If you don't have any Kazakhstani listeners, then you've done something wrong. Well, we got to find <laughs> like a Kazakhstani progressive metal band to interview on our show. I, I need to meet dima like right here's our goal right here's our yeah. goal in life guys i'm i'm overwriting whatever you had planned for your life okay all right all right uh, the, the goal is to get dmash to to guest star on a prog metal record yes um i will put aside my pride as a singer and just bow down and say look he's better than any other singer myself included mm. um not you know not that i don't enjoy other singers more but we, we've just been outclassed Right. Uh, so let's make sure he does prog. Right. Right. We have to get him into our genre. Yeah. Well, because that would prove it's the best genre. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> you know when there there is there is one prog singer that I think I think he 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 would be cool to hear on on some more like like kind of kind of genty stuff is uh and he does he does have some pretty crazy range i don't know if he's nearly as talented as this dmash guy but i quite like him uh anar solberg from leprous oh yeah I, yeah i'm a big guy. leprous fan yeah i mean they're they're I, older stuff because i my favorite album of theirs um I, I i haven't kept too much in touch with their more recent stuff but their older stuff like uh, bilateral their album from like 2011 was mm. was kind of genty it has like a like they they were playing eight strings back then and it has a mm. bit more of a polymetric um heavier edge to it they kind of went yeah. a bit more of a prog pure prog direction more recently which is yeah. cool like there's nothing wrong with that but yeah yeah he, he suits the heavier style really well i, I kind of hope they do eventually bring a bit of the, the heaviness back at some point yeah well you know he was he was featured there's a that australian band voyager um oh yeah we know them we've yeah. uh, we played with them Oh really? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. great gig. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one he of our was. Last gigs. Oh, well, yeah, one of our last ones before it all shut down. Yeah. 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 Um, well, he was he was actually featured on one of the songs on their newest album, um, the song right. Entropy. Cool. Yeah, it's got a bit more of that heavy rhythm part, um, and he sings over it. It was pretty pretty cool to hear. Um, but there's um, there's a a sort of similar band to Leprous that uh, Shadow Skies have played with a, a Euroblast before, um, Agent Fresco, mm. who I always sort of put them in the same kind of bubble. Um, and if you want more of that and some of it with a little bit of a heavier vibe, I, I can't recommend them enough. Agent Fresco, great band. 
Awesome. Well, we we will we will definitely check that out. Um, I will, in general, what do you, for you guys like? What's some of your favorite records lately? Um, I know we talked a bit about like sort of your influences, but like, are there any like recent albums you guys have been like really into lately? Uh, so for me, I have recently gotten into. Uh, it's, it's funny that they're, they're both Greek. There's two bands. Mm-hmm. One of them is a much bigger on the on the prog scene now, and um, mm-hmm. they've been at Prog Power, uh, and that's Need. Oh, I've seen them live. I uh, they opened for Evergrey once. They were awesome. Yes, I was going to uh, say Ever- they... Evergrey's latest album was one that I was listening to a lot. It was really good. Evergrey. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the Zion. Uh, Need have just dropped a new single, actually. I think their new album is either out now or coming out. Yeah. Oh, I feel really bad. I should know, but they're not my band. I'm plugging them. Yeah. Go listen to Need. They're great. Yeah, they they are awesome. Um, um, and the other one is a little bit less known, but uh, it's the same producer, I believe, mm. who does uh, all of Need's stuff. Mm. Uh, and that band is called Mother of Millions. Okay. Cool. And, uh, they're maybe not as heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're definitely on the lighter side, but um, incredible, incredible writing, incredible singer. Um, mm. If you like Leprous, they're another one to check out. Nice. Um, okay, so Need's new single, uh, just so we we're all clear, is Norkestrion, a song for the end. Um, nice. Now we now very proud name. I guess that's the the album name. Gonna the say, single is Nemortal. So very yeah. proud. Yeah, but they've gone uh, as far as I can tell from the single. They've gone super dark for this next album. Yeah. Whereas the, the last album was much more uh, kind of uplifting. This one sounds mm. like it's going to be brutal. And yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, it was crazy when I saw Need. They played so they they have that song Hegayamas on on yes. the title track. They played that whole song. It was so cool seeing that live. Um, I, I so you say there were they going to be um there for Prog Power USA or I'm they've to played that. one of the Prog Powers before, but I don't know if it was USA. I think they played Prog Power Europe. Maybe yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they did get the USA at some point. They, if you follow Prog Power, I'm pretty sure they're going to turn up I, again. I thought I. Let me let me let me check this out real quick because I, I could have sworn. Um, no, they weren't. They weren't going to be there this year. I was. I, I I thought I saw something and I did not. Um. But, but I tell you who is going to be there. Oh yeah. Also had, I mean, maybe it's a few months old at this point, but yeah. had an amazing last album, and that's Pain of Salvation. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, they're pretty exciting band. You guys kind of different last album for them as well. Much more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not industrial. Experimental. Yeah, it's just exactly mm-hmm. right. It's they've definitely pulled a different direction in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I like it quite as much as Passing Light a Day, but I really appreciate it for yeah. pushing that new thing through. They're, they're, they're a band that's kind of always pushing boundaries with their stuff. Yeah. Um, you never know what they're going to do next. Absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys, now on, on Prog Power this year, you guys were, you were going to be day three, so you had, a, you had some exciting stuff. Um, you were going to be, were you going to be the opening act on that day or... Yeah, I think we were opening the main stage on day three. Yeah, but you see, when on the on the web page, you're at the the bottom, so I just assume you're the headliner because. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff That's Jeff totally. Scott Jeff Scott Soto is going to open for you guys, and. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, that, yeah. that'd be. Uh, no one would stick around for that. That'd be all. <laughs> <laughs> we're already I, fighting the the data. Okay, look, Banks, you're a you're an Atlanta native. You got to tell us. The prog power. How how are people on day two and day three of a uh, of that kind of thing? Because a lot of festivals you go to, everyone's super hard for day one. They go at it, they they hit that, and and then day two they just hung over. Well, I've never been to prog power specifically. I've only been in Atlanta for the last year or so, 
Um, <laughs> but um, when I have gone to music festivals, that has kind of been the case, <laughs> where it's it just kind of kind of kind of dies down a little bit. I think Jerry, the difference with Prague Para though is um, day one and two are at a different venue. It's like a smaller. It's kind of like a pre-festival. Day three is actually day one of like official Prague Para. So I think we should be all right. Yeah. But actually, the majority of people are on, are showing up for day three. Plus, yeah. the Prague Para is such a kind of community that mm. the people that are there are die-hard music fans. Yeah, they, they go to see everyone. We always have that whenever we play Prague Festival. Like the, the last Prague Festival we played was in France. Uh, Pain mm. of Salvation headlined actually. Um, oh, okay. We, we were the opening bands, and there wasn't it wasn't a, a really huge lineup, but I was definitely kind of a bit worried that. Uh, you know, maybe it was only going to be like half full or something because we were on first. Mm. We went out there and the whole place was completely full from like the heat. first second of the opening band. And that's definitely a prog scene mm. thing where they turn up even for bands they might not even necessarily know because they actually want more music. They're not just turning up for the bands that are big because, you know, mm. and they, cool they go for it every act. You know, people mm. are jumping up and down and on their feet. They are there for it. It's nice. fantastic. Yeah. yeah that is cool uh yeah you so i i'm looking at this for for day three you guys would have been sharing the stage with uh aether realm uh witherfall green carnation jeff scott soto and conception so hasn't uh green carnation they they just put out a new one yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't checked that out yet have you given it was decent recommendations it, it was decent it was, yeah it was good you know i I, I feel bad saying it, but you know it wasn't wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but it was good. You know, like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was bad. Um, mm. Witherfall's most recent one I thought was really good. Um, they're they're kind of shaping up to be sort of a spiritual successor to Nevermore in a way. I find. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, I used to love Nevermore. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say. They're they're still a little rough around the edges, but like stylistically, they're really they've been moving in that direction quite a bit. Um, and their singer, I guess their singer is being considered as like the replacement for Weryl Dane and Sanctuary when they get back together. But no yeah, um, I'm not going to say any more on that. But uh, so I'm I live I live around Seattle, so I I hear a bit about like oh, that. It's got to yeah right. figure it out yeah yeah the the whole the whole seattle metal scene we 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 have we have some some bands we're proud of around here like uh nevermore and Queensryche. i mean at depending on what point in their career i suppose you could say you're proud to have Queensryche from seattle but <laughs> well i mean you can still rock the the kind of og grunge root stuff right yeah 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 yep for sure um anyways uh with with all that now that we've we've reminisced about prog power we've talked a bit about your upcoming work and your new album or your new singles um is there anything else you guys want to add because i think we're sort of coming to the end of it you know you guys have been great we've uh i think we kind of covered things just just to say watch this space follow us on Facebook, Twitter, check us out on Spotify. Check uh, out Starbound and Born of Soldier, anyone who hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is and that I will endorse those two songs. Those are every everyone who's listening to this show should listen to those two songs and everything else that they've done, of course. Except except Auxilium. No, so definitely yeah, listen point. to that. Uh, one oh, first. especially listen. Actually, everyone definitely listen to that. <laughs> I, you know what? If people listen to that and make us play it live out of spite, then I kind of have to tip my hat to <laughs> I'm not above that. I'm not above spite playing. Yeah. You got to do it with like a frown on your face the whole time. Just I will. Angry, yeah. grimace. angry, angry songs. Not even facing the audience. Just facing the <laughs> Yeah yeah but anyways we'll just one song will cut out and i'll really obviously mime to it <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be good um I, I think i think that's everything i have for today um i i really appreciate you guys coming on uh this was shattered skies everybody thanks um, for having us thanks for having us yeah
and uh, well, who knows what the future holds? Maybe we'll we'll uh, have you back on when that album drops. But uh, we wish you the yeah. best. We'll keep you posted, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, thanks, thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on the show, guys, and thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure to check out Doug on Instagram at Draws. Uh, check me out at Banks P. Daniels on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow The Frown Room on Facebook and Spotify so you can get uh, all the latest updates. Uh, check out my music on BanksDaniels.Bandcamp.com and SoundCloud.com slash BanksDaniels. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, new episodes every Monday or Sunday, depending on when we uh, decide to put them up. Hey,